1: All right. Well, I am excited to be here today with uh, Dr. David Schramm from uh, Utah State University. Dave, but you're you you're an original Utah Valley guy, right?
0: I am. Yeah, my wife and I are actually both from Payson, Utah. We dated in high school. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> high school. Yes. Summer.
1: You even went to the old Utah Valley State College when it was called UVSC, right? I
0: did. Yeah, yeah. UVSC <laughs> was my my undergrad, and then uh, yeah, BYU for my bachelor's.
1: Yeah. So so BYU. And then Utah State, was that a master's at Utah State?
0: It was, yeah, master's at, at Utah State and then on to Auburn in Alabama for my PhD in family studies.
1: And I know that uh, all of those schools have such a great family component, but Auburn has a great reputation uh, uh, for a great school in family sciences. So yes. what a great place to have been. And yeah. now, you, as I understand your career, you're at... Uh, University of Missouri for a while, like right? Yeah, nine yeah, years, nine so yeah, nine years.
0: Yeah, nine years as extension special family life extension specialist there.
1: How did you guys like living in that part of the country?
0: Oh, we loved Missouri. the Midwest. You know, we we really did. Uh, Columbia. It felt like it felt like home. Yeah, we really could have been there for for forever, I guess. But
1: we love the Midwest as well. It's a cool place to go. And anyway, so now you're teaching at uh, Utah State University as a professor. A lot of extension work. I know you through your uh, work with the Utah Marriage Commission and the Stronger Marriage Connection podcast, which I think is awesome. We recommend it to everyone. You're having fun doing that, aren't you?
0: Oh, we sure are. Yeah, that's yeah. Podcasting's a lot of fun. We appreciate you coming on, um, Mark, on the on our podcast and sharing, uh, man, so much about newlyweds and preparing for marriage and so much. And so glad to be on.
1: No, thank you so much. That was a that was fun to do that with you all. I still remember it so. With you and Liz, so yeah. So Dave, we've talked a little bit about yourself, just introduction-wise, but what else? What else about you and your family uh, would be fun to, to learn about? You guys, how do the Shrams stay busy?
0: Yeah, you know the Shram fam. We <laughs> we have three daughters and, and a son. Our so our son is our youngest, and he's a freshman. And we have a, a daughter who's a senior. We have a daughter on a mission and a daughter in in uh, in Orem and you know what it it feels like just life um is busy with their activities you know our daughter's a cheerleader our son's playing three sports and so it's it's a lot of chasing them around but we love to travel actually mark we love when we can we love to to get away and travel my wife's traveling right now we love to be able to see uh different parts of the country and um just the the state so yeah we, we really love the outdoors and getting outside and seeing this world
1: i gotta tell you a funny story so we live in logan we moved to Logan from Arizona, where it's 110 degrees or 115 degrees all summer. We moved to Logan, but I'm doing my doctorate there, and we always think we are going to camp. We are going to camp like we're going to be the craziest campers. And as you know, you get into graduate school and you're working and you're just so busy. So the last week that we lived there before we moved to Texas, <laughs> we went camping for one night. You know, and uh, and then we thought, why didn't we do this a hundred other times? This was incredible, and it was literally five minutes from our home. And we missed this great opportunity because of busyness. So anyway, yeah, great, beautiful place where you live.
0: Yeah. Cache Valley is wonderful.
1: Yeah. So, so Dave, one of the things that uh, I remember about you is about a year ago, maybe in last April that we had uh, the Utah council of family relations and you were the Mm -hmm. keynote speaker and you, you spoke on a lot of topics, you know, really it was, it was a fascinating, Uh, presentation. In fact, I just reviewed the slides the other day and I was like, oh yeah, this was great stuff. But, but one of the things you did talk a lot about was technology. And I know that a lot Mm -hmm. of your research has been in the area of technology. And so if you could just kind of, you know, crack this open for a minute and just, let's just talk about the role today that technology is playing in the lives of our, our families and how it, uh, how it is impacting our marriages. And this is a really broad question. I want to just see where where this goes, and then we'll follow up from there. But with you know how how is the technology impacting marriage and family relationships?
0: Yeah, uh, Mark, great question. Um, and let me just kind of put the caveat first out there. I I am not anti technology, right? I've got my iPhone. I use technology. We're on technology now. Technology is amazing, but like with anything. It can um, it can be, create some challenges and some stresses and some problems for for families. You know, since 2007, when the iPhone kind of first came out, people have looked at the research and what has happened to family time, to couple time, even to personal time. And over the years, that time together has really um, has really started to shrink. And right. A lot of it is consumed by by technology, so it does. It has a is an impact on on couples, on individuals, on teens, on family
1: relationships. If if left un unchecked, right, totally. You know, Dave. Funny story, but I was in Texas a couple of Christmases ago to visit one of our daughters, and on Christmas Eve day, we went to this restaurant, and uh, I looked at the table next to us, and there was a family: a mother, a father, and three teenagers and every one of them was on their phone the entire they never spoke to each other yeah. and I remember thinking man if you can't come up with something to talk about on the day before Christmas I, I wonder what goes on the other days of the year but it was actually kind of a sad commentary on how yeah. much the world has changed yeah in the last in the last even 10 years or 15 years so
0: yeah it really has yeah and you can go to any restaurant right now and you you sit down <laughs> and you look around you and it is just—it's it's habit, so it is. If we allow it to, it can really overwhelm and 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 swamp us. Yeah,
1: take take over us. You you bet. Talk to us about technoference. That's, yeah. a, that's you were the first person I've ever heard use that term.
0: Yeah. So technoference. <laughs> uh, I actually have a, a colleague, uh, Brandon McDaniel, um, yeah. who who yeah. actually coined the term. So he he was a, he was a BYU student. Yeah, uh, I think it was 2014. Him, him and uh, Sarah Coyne, and she's there. Yeah, BYU, right? Right. They, they wrote an article about technoference, and so Brandon is really credited. Uh, I credit him with that term. It, it essentially he's combining these these terms. Right, when technology interferes. With face-to-face uh, communication and relationships, and so it's somewhat like fubbing. I don't know if you've heard of fubbing when you know you're talking with someone and your phone rings, and all of a sudden you've been fubbed because yeah, now all of a sudden the phone you got overruled. You know, yeah, 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 you overruled by the by the phone. So yeah, that's essentially when technology of any kind, TV, laptop, computer, anything interferes with our our face uh, face-to-face interaction. And Brandon's done some research on this. I've done a little bit of my own. Research on this, um, and, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share just a little bit of just some highlights. Um, yeah, some love of the things that. that we found, Mark, with with technoference. He he found, for example, in one study, he found that overall. People who reported more technoference in their relationships also reported uh, more conflict over technology use. They reported lower relationship satisfaction, more depressive symptoms, and lower life satisfaction. So what, what happens is that people may be sending, it's often this implicit message about what they value most. You know, I'm there on the couch, maybe my wife's there and we're just on our phones and she tries to talk to me and I'm like, oh, what? And so it feels like it it's interfering in that um, connection really is, is what's happened. When it comes to parenting, they also found some interesting things. One of their longitudinal studies showed that when parents get stressed because of, of difficult child behavior, so their child's kind of acting out and they get stressed out, the parents often turn to technology use. Uh, kind of is that this relief, like, okay, I just need a break from you. And I need um kind of like the pacifier, right? That they, that they right. use this and the kids see them on their phone. And then it's actually related to more of these externalizing, um you know, behaviors, this withdrawing behaviors from, from the kids. And so it's really this, this cycle that affects our, our relationships, our marriages, our parent child um, relationships. And well, I've done some of my own research, Mark, on, on just asking people, I asked 630, people across the United States, uh, a few questions about technology use. And and here's a little bit of what I found. I found that 88%, so almost nine out of 10, agreed or strongly agreed that technoference is a big problem in our society. And 62% of those surveys agreed that it's a big problem in their family. And so, yeah, we we find that this technology, it spills over. I asked them about, you know, are you using it in bed? More than one third of the adults use technology in their bed every night. Isn't that crazy? You said 40, one third, Dave? One yeah, third? one third. One out of yeah. three have their phone in their bed every night or or almost every night, they said. Um, and that might be why even, Mark, that twenty five, one out of four report, they, they feel like their partner's use of technology in bed interferes with their, their sexual intimacy, that part yeah. of their relationship. That's really sad. One out of four feel like, hey, you're you're on your phone and, uh, we're not communicating kind of that loss of, of that connection. So it does, it, it's spilling over into our, our relationships. Um, and that's where I think, yeah, some of the damage is being done.
1: I talked to a a husband a few years ago, uh, in my counseling practice who said that whenever I'm with my wife, if if we're in the car together, she's on her phone. Now, if we're, if we're laying in Mm -hmm. bed, she's on her phone. And so, Not even just sexual intimacy, right? But just connection Uh, now has been completely impeded. Uh, It takes so much discipline. And so I read of your terms, David. So K (laughs) toot and K tube. So K tube is is the phone in bed. Yeah. These two terms.
0: Yeah. You know, I just kind of (laughs) thought about this, and I thought, what are the you know the the places where um, we connect? in our marriages and in, in our our families and i almost you know thought about these two i almost call them sacred spaces mark when we right. can come together and that's tables and beds tables yes. and beds this place where connection should be happening these conversations at the table where we talk and, and interact and so uh, i i asked in my survey i said you know do you think that k2 kick technology out of beds and kicking technology um, off of tables is a good idea and 88% agreed that kick it off of tables So almost nine out of ten and three out of four said yes uh, parents agree let's let's kick it out out of the beds at least give it a, a try so i don't want to come down with this hard fast rule that says hey you've got to do this but, but i encourage listeners to to just try it to try something different even if they're tucking their kids into bed for example you know or you're you're there and maybe you're having family prayer or you're reading together to turn off the phones, put it away. when you're snuggling your child, silence it. Because what happens is I might feel the vibration right in my, in my pocket <laughs> or a ding goes off and immediately my mind goes from that story or that time with my child to, yeah, my, my phone. And I can't wait to, to check that out, who's, what's going on. So I, I recommend, I suggest that couples give it a try. No technology on tables, turn off the TV, put away the phones
1: and then uh, yeah, in beds, give it a try. I think that's great, great counsel. Even, even with my my slight degree of ADD, if I'm talking to someone, even like you in a conversation, and my phone goes off because now I'm getting a, I'll look down there sometimes to see. Oh, I wonder who's pinging me. Yeah. And I had someone recently tell me, "Oh, do you have to go?" Because I think they think I thought I was just looking at my watch to see what time it was. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, uh, nope, a little message came, and I just wanted to check that out. Anyway, it's yeah. It's kind of crazy the way that that can work, even with those of us who are trying to guard against against it. So, yeah, for sure. so Dave, I was really fascinated, and, and you may be aware of this, but you know, Jean Twinge's book, I-Gen, mm-hmm. is uh, there's a lot of fascinating research in that book on technology uh, and and how it's affecting our teenagers today. And, you know, she kind of looks at unhappiness, loneliness, and depression, and basically shows that, the more time our youth are spending on screens, right? Computers, computer mm-hmm. games, texting, even uh, and even video games, the more depressed they are, the more unhappy they are, the more l- lonely they are. And the more time they spend in sports or exercise. So so you you got your son in three different sports, right? Yeah. Religious services, print media, meaning reading from print, homework, working, or in other words, all the things that we did as teenagers... That's right. uh it was a whole different world then, but now I mean, we have this uh epidemic it feels like of anxiety and depression among many of our teenagers, and I think a lot of it is stemming from uh, from their use of social media phones, electronic devices. are you would you say from what you see in your research that oh yeah that's that's a common denominator for sure?
0: It really is, yeah. That book that you mentioned, that I by Jean uh, and Twinge, it, it, it's great. It, she does a good job of kind of summarizing uh, of what's happening, almost without us realizing it, you know. And that's what happens on our phones. We can just kind of start to scroll. The interesting thing about that, it's the same thing Mark, that happens with gambling. Yeah, is that we, you know, you put in a quarter or whatever dollar, and you <laughs> and push the well. I guess you push the button nowadays, right? Our old days, yeah. You did the did the, the lever. Whatever. Yeah, but. You push the button in hopes, right, that this next one will be a win. And that's what's happening. You scroll on someone's story or a reel or something fun, and that one's kind of fun. But then I want—I wonder, wonder what the next one is. Oh, I, and then uh, that one's okay. I wonder what the next – and it's just this scroll waiting for this hit of dopamine, something exciting to hit it, and then we'll get one. And we will like, oh, that's really funny. I wonder if there's another one. Before long, 15, 20, even an hour goes by. And we um, were like, "Wow, what what happened?" Another thing that I found, Mark, with this is it's often used as this. I know for me, if I have a task that I'm at work and it's a task that I don't really want to do, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of putting it off. And so, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look at my phone. I'm just gonna scroll on <laughs> Facebook or LinkedIn or you know Twitter or whatever. Look at the news, <clears throat> almost as a distraction from these other things that I should be doing. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of what it, what it is for for everyone it's it's kind of different with the youth it, you know it's the TikTok and these reels and the funny things and YouTube now and and scrolling right. um I do want to make, another, again, another caveat. I don't want to be this, you know, this doomsday and it's destroying our families type of, of thing because the research is pretty clear that it depends on what they're doing on their phones, right? So right. kids are on their, I mean, they have their homework, they have their assignments, they're they're watching something for a class or something like that. That's much different than six hours on, on TikTok or, or Instagram, for example. And so I guess I'm saying not all screen time is the same. Uh, I mean, our eyes can't tell a difference, right? And our brain sometimes with all that, we need a break, but yeah, we have to almost say, you know, it's qualitatively different with the, the, what they're doing on it.
1: And, and, and such a, I'm glad Dave you bring that up because you think of the technology today and how incredible it is. I love to look at, I mean, I've got, I have, you know, seven married children. I love to look on find my friends, throughout the day just to know where they are right yeah. and they're in different uh-huh. parts of the country and yeah. had a couple daughters traveled traveled to florida this week from texas and it oh. was nice to see on find my friends before i went to church okay they made it to their hotel safe that's great or yes. and we and we use it to connect with our families and it's awesome so many things in our in our lds faith that uh that technology can help bolster faith it's it's wonderful oh. and incredible and i think it's something that that we're constantly trying to teach in our homes, right? That the,
0: yeah. there
1: is great purpose in this technology and we can use it to our advantage, but boy, it can also be so addictive and we can waste a lot of, a lot of time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I
0: think you, you actually kind of touch on that for a second because Brigham Young once said, right. Our, our inheritance is our time and what we do with, with our time. And I think that yeah. that, that is actually it, right? We have so much time in this life or in a day or, and so, you know, are we, are we wasting it away because there's so much good that we can and probably should be doing with the time that we, that we do have.
1: Along those lines, you know, to keep it on that Brigham Young level just for a second, but even just impeding us from feeling the spirit, you know, I, I remember when, you know, cell phones really were just kind of coming out and it was becoming common for everyone to have one. This Mm -hmm. was really even before iPhones and And uh, Mm -hmm. our five teenagers had their cell phones, their little flip phones, you know, and I remember how often they were. And back in those days, it was just texting. I mean, that was really about the as far as you could go with the with the technology. But Mm -hmm. as I watched them laying on the couch texting, I just thought, guys, how are you ever going to if Heavenly Father needed to share something with you or. Uh And I say that now to myself, too, because I'm like, I'm like so many people that where there's a. If there's a spare moment somewhere, it's a great time to check an email. I mean, now we're all mm-hmm. sitting in the doctor's office, and we're we can go through and check our emails and our text messages, and and now we're not conversing with people. Yeah. But I, I do worry, uh, with all of us, adults included, that that maybe we're putting up a barrier. That maybe it may be difficult to feel the spirit in our lives uh, with That's so right. much of this technology in front of us.
0: Yeah, with all this noise, I think President Iron calls it. All this when when it's we're noisy inside and outside, we we won't be able to feel it, and if we can't feel it, we can't follow it. And so you're right. I think making time where we just to be still in parts yeah. of our day uh, is really important.
1: Dave, I know from talking to you uh, last fall, uh, I learned that you had a daughter who just uh, just married. Yes, and um, and so put on your dad hat for a minute but if you were to give some counsel to a young married couple uh, Mm. starting off their life and to say, okay, here are three principles, you know, I'm trying to say principles on purpose and not rules, but here are three good guiding principles for technology that will bless your marriage. Could you come up with, with, with a few of those? What would you say to a a young married couple today?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great, um, a great question. I think, First of it is just this openness, right? Because so much um, could be, you know, the secrety. What am I scrolling? Who am I texting? And so uh, some of it comes down to trust. You know, if we have that solid trust in our relationships, and our trust, you know, what you're doing on your phone, but there, it should be kind of an an open phone policy. Not like I'm going to sit there and scroll and look at all my wife's texts or anything like that because there's there's that trust. But establishing that the foundation of relationships is is honestly trust. And there's so much I think in our phones and what happens on our phones that we can, you know, am I into pornography? Am I doing something that I shouldn't be uh, looking at or texting someone that I shouldn't be? So I, I really think that this open conversation um, about trust is is absolutely critical. A second one that I might mention is um, simply being—it's awareness. It is um, attention because what happens, and I like to say this often, is lack of attention leads to loss of connection. And wow. that happens exactly. in our relationships, parent-child relationships with a spirit, with our, our father in heaven, lack of attention leads to loss of connection. And so yes. whether that is agreed upon um, you know, limits or maybe it is, you know, no, you know, tables where we're eating, we're out on a date, let's put technology away and have some no-phone zones where we are able to to talk. Maybe it's, yeah, the, the no phones in bed or after a certain amount of time. But making sure, I would just counsel uh, young couples, newlyweds to right from the get-go, have an open, honest conversation um, about it. Otherwise, what happens often, Mark, is and kind of the poison or the acid in relationships is, is frustration, um, anger, and then this resentment. This resentment when I just... I feel something. I'm not going to necessarily experience, you know, express it, but I see them over. They're on their phone all the time, and it just builds and it builds and it eats away at again that that emotional connection. I don't want to be that close to you. I don't feel like I'm a priority in your life. So, having those types of conversations, I think, um, upfront. Uh, it's super important. I would also caution couples not to, this can be such a, mm, it can be such a hot topic. Can it, can it be like, because I'm guilty, you know, over it? but I, if I call like my wife out, be like, hey, you know, put down your phone. Dang it, I'm trying to talk to you. Instantly what happens <laughs> in almost all relationships is one person gets very defensive. Yeah. And that kind of that loss of connection again. And so how you even talk about it in the heat of the, you know, in the midst of that or say, hey, you know, when you get them in, I, I really need to chat about something really important with you. Or can we discuss this, you know, when you're done I, on your phone instead of this this blame and the, the pointing fingers? Because, again, that can create more of that resentment and, and hurtful feelings because it is such a, a part of our lives. We have to be able to learn to manage it well.
1: Right. Even even some hostility can be bred there. And, Mm -hmm. and I love what you said, Dave, on your first, on that first principle of total transparency, I've seen this in my, in my counseling work where a spouse will not let their, that they won't let their spouse see their phone at all. Mm -hmm. And I've had to say, okay, that's, that's fishy. Okay. Now, now, because if you had nothing to hide and I always tell them I could hand my wife my phone any time of day and she can look at anything she w- wants to. There's nothing to hide. The fact that you don't want your spouse to see your phone does not look good for you. <laughs> yeah. And so I yeah. like that. <laughs> and I like what you were saying about, you know, this idea of, OK, maybe not get off your phone right now because this is crazy. I need to talk to you. But, hey, when you're done, I, I would love to talk and connect with you this evening on. It's a great it's a great approach. I love that. Yeah. What about this, Dave? And this may be the last uh, principle or the the last little topic today. I wonder how parents can do maybe a better job of managing Mm -hmm. and monitoring their children's cell phones, you know, And, Mm -hmm. and if there were some principles there, you know, I know a favorite line of our own children was mom or dad, I need, I have to have my cell phone in my room at night because it's my alarm clock. And I can't tell you how many alarm clocks I bought at Walmart for, for nine, for $9 and (laughs) 99 cents. Because having that phone with them in their bed is, you know, in in my mind is almost lethal Mm. in some ways, you know, but any, any principles would you, could you share on just what parents can do in a, I love how you kind of describe that in a very calm, deliberate manner, but to, to help their children manage their technology and cell phone use.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, a few principles. This is going to look different for every family. You know, it's their yeah. decision, whether they give it to an 11 year old or a 13 or 50, whatever that is. And so I, I would caution, I'm not going to come out and say, here's a hard and fast rule because I think each family is different. They can decide, but to have that discussion to say, Hey, you know, I'm giving you this, and this is a, a gift. And there are some limits on that or some time limits. And there's so much that we can do to help limit them. And then kind of ease, you know, as they get older, kind of maybe ease some of a little bit of those limits i'm a big fan though of mark of we've done it with our kids as well is getting the technology getting screen any kind of screens i'm not a big fan of tv screens in rooms and um cell phones when they go to bed it's not so much trust but man their brains are not fully developed till till, you know mid mid mid-20s and so just that a light goes off in the night or something and, and who is that wake them up Teens have a really difficult time controlling um, impulses, impulse control, and so just just our kids know that they plug them in, they plug them in in our rooms, um, and if we if we can do that from day one, setting that up. But if there are some listeners right now are like, yeah, we should probably do that. Have that conversation and t- talk to them about the why, and be prepared for the teenager. You know, you guys don't trust me. You just say, you know what, let's let's just try this. We're trying to to help you, um, really in. To be able to manage that and have, you know, things that go off and certain apps that go off. But being a full player on that, frequently talking about it, um, you know, to just what app do you want or why do you want that app? Get curious instead of furious when kids are asking for apps and and tell me more about that. And your friends have that and and tell me a little bit more why. And so I think um, being open. Being open to understanding uh, your children and why they want to do the things, why they want the, the apps or the YouTube, what videos that they're watching, what video games that they're playing, be an active um, player in their in their lives. And I might mention two resources. These are both free, free resources.
1: Yes, um, please Mark, do.
0: One is that Brandon McDaniel, the, yeah, the student I talked about earlier, he and I created a, it's a free, it's like a 13 page little guide um, for parents on technoference. It's called Strat- technoference strategies for managing family screen time. It's found, you can get it at Dr. Dave Schramm, drdaveshram.com. Again, a free, free download, just some principles to help parents through that uh, that discussion. And the second one, you may have heard of it. I worked on it with um, the Malou Foundation here in Cashville and Jason Carroll actually. At, at yeah. BYU. Um, I a free these. app called Raise. Um, and parents can find it, they would probably type in Raise and then space parenting, and it'd probably be one of the first ones, or joinraise, I think.com is, is the website for it. But we worked on this for over a year, and Malou said, We're going to make this free forever for parents because they really want to help parents navigate this. So they have, um, in the Raise app, they we created all of these modules and they turn them into videos on topics like cyberbullying. Um, navigating inappropriate content, managing screen time balance, which is a really big one, and protecting against online predators, as well as some stuff to build that parent-child um, connection. So I, I hope listeners will will check those out because they're when people are, are wanting and needing and, and open to exploring, or maybe they're starting a family. We want to make sure that start start off on the right foot. Um, there's some helpful resources
1: out there. Those are great resources, and and Dave, I'm gonna repeat that one more time because of uh, because of their value, drdaveshram.com
0: mm-hmm. for,
1: for uh, the one place to go. And then the app is called Raise, but if we did Raise and Parenting or joinraise.com, uh, if we were on the website, we would be able to pull that app up, right? Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Both free.
1: Uh, Dave, thank you so much. Those are great resources to pass on. You know Dave I love the way you guys end your podcast with okay what's your takeaway. Mm. We end ours a little bit differently. We kind of uh, have built on the acronym of LDS could also mean let's do something. Oh I and, love that. And, and 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 I would share with you my let's do something and then maybe Dave you can be our closer today on uh, maybe an invitation mm. to families parents and children on okay uh, you know let's do something what are you going to do my thought is for all of us to take a step back and maybe just watch what goes on in our homes with phones. I think people would be surprised. I think it's a, you know it reminds me of a study years ago, how often do you eat dinner as a family? Oh, mm. we eat dinner as a family every night. And then they put cameras in those homes and found out they were eating dinner maybe once a week if they were lucky. And I think if we ask families how often are you on your phones? Not not that much. It's not that bad. And I think if we watch the instant replay We would see that we're on phones a lot more than we think. And so, my invitation would be what if we just took a step back this week and just kind of watched ourselves and our children on just how much time are we really on those phones? What would be a good let's do something from you, Dave? Dr. Dave?
0: I, I love that. Uh, I remember actually Brent Barlow, man, when I when I was a, a undergrad at, at BYU, he said that same thing with LDS and let's do something. And so that well, that's it.
1: where I got it from. I got it from oh, one, one it? of Brent Barlow's books. Yeah. I oh, yeah. Take full yeah. credit. But he would say that quite a bit, wouldn't he?
0: Yeah, he would. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's great, man. Taught so many great lessons. You know, I, I think for parents to be able to... Um, I love that, to be able to step back. And, and in addition to that, there's so many great resources now that they're not in this alone, that there's going to be apps and things that their kids want. There's new apps that come out all the time. They're like, man, I've never even heard heard of this. But there's resources that actually will put all these apps and they can go and they can search out, you know, what is this exactly? What information are they asking? And is this a, you know, a gateway for cyber bullies or predators or, or people? So be anxiously engaged and anxiously involved. In your children's lives, not just just passively. Oh, it'll be fine. Or hey, they're just kid. They need to learn this, and they need to see this, or experience this on their own. Make their own decisions and things. We need to to help guide and stand beside them instead of just turning things over. Uh, because man, the adversary can go so quickly, and and they need more experience. They need us to guide them through. Um, these really rough, rough waters that are, that are ahead. And they're, they're experiencing in their own lives. So be actively engaged and involved in their, in their children's lives. Don't be afraid to set limits. You can set it with, with love and with kindness and compassion, but have consequences and have that discussion with your children about what makes sense, have them help develop some of the rules. What do you think, you know, and, and and why, but have an, an active discussion instead of coming down and make you making all the decisions and, uh, again coming I like I just love the word connection anything that can strengthen the connection with your with your children um help them to feel that through all of this that they're they're
1: yeah. it reminds me of something you know we spoke of Bill Doherty earlier today and I've loved reading every book he's ever written for sure yeah. and I'm Sure, you have too but yeah talking about the concept of that the the more we wire our homes the less connected we're going to be as as people so yeah Anyway, well, Dave, gosh, thank you so much for uh, this time. I know you're busy and have a lot of things on your plate, and you're juggling a lot of a lot of different activities. And so, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been wonderful and great to be with you today.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me, Mark. And keep keep up the great work. You're influencing so many families for good.
1: Well, you guys are too. And just w- w- let's point people once again to your awesome podcast of strong the Stronger Marriage Connection. It's awesome. It's wonderful. You guys are doing a great work. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Mark.